Turn it up. From the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 basketball facility in Rockland, California, it's Coach's Rise time with Coach C. Collins. It's start three, two, one. Coach's Rise time. Yep, you're here with Coach C. Collins. Welcome to another Coach's Rise time, where I talk a little bit of basketball, a little bit of hoop stuff, try to give you some insights. If you're tuning in for the first time, thank you for checking it out. If you're returning and you're ghost watching, I don't care either way. Just thanks for the support, and I appreciate it. So, today's topic, um, I wanted to talk about something that has um, been kind of pressing me about high school uh, basketball, high school athletics, and uh, high school athletics in general. Um, it's something that's kind of affects the entire country that I don't think is getting addressed. Um, and and I'll get more into that in case in case uh, to that case. Basically, there's a story that was recently had of a player named Kiku Parker. Now I bring this kid up because he's a former YBA kid, a kid I've actually seen grow up for quite a while um, out here in you know Sacramento area, uh, Rockland and whatnot. And he was a part of my, my AAU club. I didn't coach him directly. Coach uh, Robinson did. So shout out to him and. Uh, Kiku is a good player, a very high level player, uh, built like a tank, <laughs> uh, kids tough as nails too. And, um, you know, my, my teams have actually, when he's been on other teams, uh, has had battles with him over the years. Uh, when I first met the kid, he was in, I believe sixth grade and he was going against my seventh grade and he was playing with 1440. I bring all this up because the history is going to be relevant to those listening. And then we're going to talk about in relations to CIF. That is the uh, governing body of high school athletics in California for those who listen outside of California. Um, met him. Uh, we played against him. This was my team when I had Keandre Burns, Nathan Kent, Array Young. Uh, Nathan Kent is at Navy playing football division one. Uh, Array Young is at Tulsa. So a lot of history there. And, the coach of that team, his name was Mamo. Um, he's now the head coach at El Camino High School. And, again, it will be relevant to the story in a while. So uh, we ended up winning, and I remember uh, meeting Kiku's dad for the first time. And the thing at that time, Kiku didn't have a left hand. Uh, so I told um, everyone, you know, sit on. I told Nathan, sit on his right, force him left, force him left. His dad actually came up to me and said, hey, man, thanks for – exposing my son because he needs to work on that left and he don't listen to me and <laughs> so <clears throat> excuse me he uh he was kind of happy that I forced him to kind of expose that weakness and that was my first interaction with him and uh Mamo himself um Mamo I remember even in that game got into it with a ref pretty bad I, I felt like they were going to go to blows but hey that's neither here nor there so you fast forward years later they were part of the club. They were with Robinson's team. Uh, they were part of that dynasty year we had with Tyree and Tyrese Rose and Kiku and Derek Lamb, and they were just unstoppable. Their eighth grade year, I mean, they were just a sheer powerhouse. You know, no no one can deny that, especially if you know the Sacramento, NorCal area. Um, you can't front um, from sixth grade to eighth grade. Uh, those those four, those five, you know, uh, Mammal Son, Mateen, and Kiku, Tyree and Tyrese Rose and Derek Lamb, they, they were very dominant. Um, even, my, even my UA kid, Cab, he was playing with them for a while. So, you know, they, they were killing it. And that's when they were part of YBA, which, uh, shout out to them, they they helped put YBA on the map. Um, Mamo Kiku Sr. Uh, 
have known each other for a long time. You know, I always assumed they were like the best of friends. You fast forward later, Mamo is now the head coach at uh, El Camino High School. Kiku goes to El Camino High School. Um, he grew up in Natomas, I think, or Del Paso Heights for the most part, um, and, you know, knows the Natomas area. Um, he was a stud football player, so everybody wanted him to play football, but his love was basketball. Goes to El Camino, you know, with his coach uh, that he's had for years, with his friends, you know, his buddies, like a lot of kids do. And he was there for, I believe, three years. I believe two or three years, correct me, you know, he, if I'm wrong, sorry, got it wrong. Um, but he played for Mamo. Um, you know, I think he dropped like 1,000 points in his career so far, 1,500 or 1,000 points. So, in my opinion, he, he gave him the years he wanted and, and did his thing. So, to me, uh, you know, he played, he played and gave it all out. So, fast forward, junior year, there was a falling out. Um, it was it was pretty bad. I, I I have sources who talked to me about it. It was Oakmont versus El Camino. Uh, Mamo butted heads with uh, Kiku Jr., the player, pretty bad to the point that, you know, I guess he took his jersey off um, or Mamo ripped his jersey off. Uh, you know, Kiku Sr., shout out to him. He sent me some photos and videos. I'll probably include him on this. And... It basically it basically drove a pretty big wedge between those two. Um, I don't know if they ever recovered, but either way, fast forward, um, Kiku Senior decides to move to Natomas, um, like literally pack his house up and move. Um, if they, or I believe they already had a house out there, and they he goes to um, Grant Grant High School, and that's where he currently is at. Well, Mamo decided because he didn't like that to go to the CIF and report that he was recruited by Grant High School. Um, Coach Denard at Grant had no idea he was coming there. He had no idea. He had no influence on that. He just saw me and was like, great, great to have you. Um, CIF initially agreed with Coach Mamo and basically, you know, said, yeah, we believe you, and we're going to sit him out for his senior year. We're going to literally strip away his senior year. And that's, in case in point, my problem. Why do we have a system in place? And I'm, I'm noticing this trend, especially in California, but it happens in other states, that you have these governing bodies of committee members. Because if you look at the CIF website, you can't see who the actual name of the people are. As far as I can see, it's a nine-person committee that make the decisions for these young athletes with no accountability or restrictions. I mean... That was the same argument you made about the NCAA, right? With, until they did the NAI deal where they really had to now acknowledge, like, we are making millions upon millions, if not billions of dollars off the backs of these athletes. And they're, um, they're not workers. They're not compensated for it. So once the hypocrisy kind of kept getting exposed, it got to a point where they were like, we got to set something up where they can get paid. What I'm saying is, the accountability was the public pressure. CIF and governing bodies like them have no pressure. These are people, we don't even know if they're former athletes. They can literally determine uh, the outcome of kids, which affects ultimately their future. For some kids, 
could be the only means in which they can provide financial coverage for higher education. And of course, nowadays, um, there's so many different ways to succeed without higher education. But still, st- statistics show and do not and are still consistent today. Kids with bachelor's degrees, um, by in general, still make more money and live a more prosperous life than those without. Now, again, because times have changed, social media, things like that, it has closed the gap some. But to believe that, you know, no higher education, somehow you're still going to somehow get a six-figure job and be a millionaire. I mean, come on. It's it's very hard. That's a very, 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 very small few. Let's remember, only 1% or no, I believe it's, yeah, only 1% make above 200 k in this country. Um, I think it's like maybe at three or five percent who make it to a hundred K in this country. So most people just aren't getting there. If you're one of the ones that are lucky and blessed, welcome to it. But so where does this circle back? Well, if an athlete's means in order to get to a higher education institution is now stripped away from him by nine undisclosed people in a building that's a serious problem to me. And I'm curious of those out there. I'm curious of your thoughts. You know, leave comments. Tell me stories that happened to you. I happened to a former YBA kid of mine named Malik Rose. But then the problem with CIF, they're not consistent. And Malik Rose went to Folsom. He literally left from Oregon, where he played, came back to California. Keep in mind, two different states. And they still sat him. And he didn't even get to play his senior year at all. Right. How's how messed up is that? That's the point guard for my UA team. If you look at the old episodes of docuseries. Um, then you have kids like uh, Julian Elbos, who went to Oakmont High School. I coached him. Shout out to him. And then he went to Intercom, then back to Oakmont. And I don't believe there's too, any issues. I, I know there's a mandatory 30 day sit, um, but I don't even know if he did that. And, and again, I'm not saying Everything is perfect. Of course not. I just don't think that a group of people should have that much power without any accountability. Also, also, it needs to be said, why are we under the assumption that that basically all high school coaches are just honest people? Why are we under the assumption that these, these men and women are not infallible? I'm not perfect. I get caught in my emotions. I can get angry and I run an AAU program. I, I run a gym and I can admit I have to hold myself or reflect back and call myself down at times. So why do we treat high school coaches like everything they say is absolutely hundred percent true? Why do we presume kids are guilty until proven innocent? They had to go through this whole appeal process. There's articles. I'll leave links to that in the description, you know, um, probably have them pop up somewhere around here on this, on this video, but it's um, it's something that needs to be said. You know, overall, my conclusion with it, I I I think it's corrupt. I think it's corrupt as fuck, and I think um, that that it's not okay that these things are just uh being put out there like that. There needs to be some sort of accountability. I'm not sure how it's going to look. You can't ask the U.S. government to do it. Like you, you can't use the federal government to monitor every state in high school, but I do think. I believe if they made the committee members, at least this would be a step in the right direction, if they made the committee members public, like 
give us their names, give us their Instagrams, give us their damn Twitters. Like, because now they have to face actual public repercussions and pressure for decisions that they know are bad or corrupt. Because there's so much stuff that could happen under the table. People could be paid, people could be, and, and let's, again, let's keep it real. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. There's a reality of that. There's a reason there, the, even, even in our government, there's three uh, uh, branches of legislation, right? There's the Senate, the House of Representatives, and the President. Checks and balances, right? If you give one organization absolute power to make decisions that affect the masses, and keep in mind, just in men's basketball alone, every single year, there's over 400,000 high school varsity athletes in the state of California. And you have one governing body of nine people deciding the fate of hundreds of thousands of potential athletes. Man, that's just, to me, the numbers, that, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. So, you know, please uh, check it out. I'll, I'll also leave links for uh, CIF so you guys can um, see it for yourself. Um, it, it's just... Um, it's a scary situation to think that someone has that level of power, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. And with that being said, we come down to our conclusion. I hope you enjoyed this episode again, hit that like subscribe, hit that follow, hit that bell. Uh, please support the channel. I want to keep bringing you guys good content, probably get some video reactions out. I'm going to try to keep being consistent. Uh, but yeah, everybody, um, be safe out there. You know, the weather sucks right now, so looking forward to some spring sunshine pretty soon. I'm just, um, I'm going to make sure to be more consistent on my content to get you guys uh, some good stuff. Leave suggestions for me, too, if you got anything that you wanted me to talk about. But, you know, shout out to you, Kiku, man. I'm glad I'm glad you got to play. And all the kids out there that have dealt with this, keep your heads up, man. You know, there's always tomorrow. There's always, there's, it's never the end of the road as long as you keep going. Remember, you are and you all are amazing. Everybody be safe and I'm out.